it is his authority that he took all these different writers. They didn't, you know, even though there were many different, there were many writers, it is one God that had and one Holy Spirit that they were interpreting. So it has, it, it's infallible, it's, it's God talking, it's like you can almost, um, just like if you had children or grandchildren or anything, you know, the children love your attention. And sometimes you have wanted to do three or four things, and sometimes I know for me, my boys would take my take my cheeks in their hands and, and just make me look at it because they knew then I finally would listen 100%. Because if I'm doing a couple other things, I might be hearing them, they would have had an ear. And they wanted my full attention. And so when I, when we open God's Word, I think I could, I just love picturing him just, just like my children when they wanted my attention. And this is God saying, I want your attention. I want you to know that this is this is the instruction that you need. This is this is the love letter that you need. This this is the um, correcting that, that you need. It, it is everything that you need. And another reason why I want to study this book is because it is everything we need. It is the book that tells me that I'm a sinner. It's the book that tells me because sometimes when we live in this area and we've gone to church all our life and we're good people and all that, we need a book that confronts us and tells us who we are. This book makes sure that I know that. This book then also then shows me that there is a way out of that too. That if I take, remember the, the, the thing I say all the time, and I, I will repeat, I will definitely repeat many times because this is so important because so often this is missed. The fundamental point is missed because we're such good church people that, that some people never take that awful walk to Calvary. And I say awful because you it is an awful walk because you yourself finally this book finally exposed you for what you really are and you finally looked in the mirror and realized but then you take the help off to the cross and remember last year when we when we did Proverbs and Romans together and, and it was like it, it was like the Lord in one of those verses said I just handed you all over to disobedience said I mean, he handed us, he handed every one of us over. And remember, we took a look at some of those all-inclusive words that every one of us was handed over in disobedience. There isn't a one of us that hasn't, hasn't sinned. And there's no one of us that doesn't need Savior. And so he says, I hand you all over to disobedience. And when we're at the cross, because you know what he says? That cross looks right at us. Okay, now what do you do? Because he doesn't make us. He gives us all over to disobedience, but then you look at the cross and say, I'm going to accept that. For what that cross did, I'm going to accept that. I'm going to accept what Jesus did. I'm going to accept the blood that was shed for me. Or you can walk away. But I loved it the way he all inclusively put us all there and said, okay, that's the deal. I took care of it. Jesus paid it all for everybody. But you have to decide what you're going to do with it. See, but this Bible taught me that. You know, and even though, you know, 
and then and then I have to say I we studied this book because I was reading in, in Joshua. I was reading uh, this summer. We did a lot of Old Testament in our study this summer, and and when Joshua took over for Moses, God said to him, He gave him such good words, like be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Because I will go with you wherever you go. But then he also he also he also says, but Joshua, make sure you don't be sleeping from my words. Jesus in Matthew 22, we're gonna to get there toward the end of our study, Matthew 22, because it's 28 chapters, but I think Matthew 22, this one verse where Jesus himself, toward the end of his earthly ministry, says, you are making a big mistake if you do not want the scripture. That's, that's coming right from Jesus. So there are many, many reasons why God's book is is. It's this, it is this book that tells me what kind of future I've got. You know, it's this book that, that reminds me that someday I'm going to stand in front of, in front of, I'm going to stand in front of Jesus someday. I'm going to be standing right there in front of him. I, I need this book when life is so hard and I do not understand his ways, I need this, I need this book to say to me, God is your refuge and strength that he's ever present. See, these are the things that are going to get us through from our day to day. This book is everything we need because it's God's And then, and then I wanted to tell you, because when people would ask me about what we were going to be studying, and I said, I said, well, we're going to, we're going to study Matthew. And my next comment would be, and we are going to get to know Jesus better. And I seem to say that all the time, because that's what a gospel is. We have four of them, obviously. So apparently, and every one of them, writes a different way and about a different characteristic of Jesus, but they're all a gospel because a gospel is the story of Jesus. And so why, that's why, you know, we will go a couple years and then come back to a gospel because he is, he is the one that shows us how to live when we don't think so Jesus shows us that if we get to know him better, we will know how to live the way he lived. We will know how to handle people the way he handled people. He, we will know how to handle life's experiences. And who doesn't need to know that? Who doesn't need to know? So I'm going to get to the, so the more I made that comment, I would say I would make that comment where we're going to get to know Jesus. Better. Then the last couple weeks, I thought, you know, 
What is it about him that you want to know? Remember in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, it says, keep paying attention to what you have learned so that you don't sort of have to remember every now and then. I'll say, okay, what have you learned? What have you learned about Jesus? And maybe you could put it this way, what do you know about him? That's such a good question. What do you know about him? I remember sometimes it would be, it'd be a lot hard to get started, but then, well, then I could hardly turn it off because once you've caught up, what do you But what did you learn first? What did you learn first about Jesus? What? That's exactly right. And that should be the fundamental bottom line start to it all. Because if he hadn't, if he hadn't loved us, then there'd be no point. No, he loved Yeah. 
sort of feel and do what needed to be done so that he could bounce back into a relationship that we killed. Yeah, I don't know. that cross where that blood had to be shed because that was 
talk about the glory of the blood. Let's just talk about Jesus' love. No, I want to know that it is the blood that's necessary for everything else. And these are the things that we want to know from God's word. And we want to know that in the gospel, because that's the message of the gospel. And like I said, when life is hard, I, I want to be able to have the Holy Spirit help me recall so that I don't fall into that funk of despair, defeat, and depression, and discouragement. The Holy Spirit can help you recall what you don't know. And if you aren't going to know it unless we take the time to take the book that's infallible, that God wrote for us, that he is communicating to us through his Holy Spirit. So that in John 10, 10, Jesus said, this is why I came to you. You are so loved that I want you to live with an abundant life, not just getting by. I want you to live abundantly. See, I want to know that. So, now, open your Bibles to 2 Timothy. Remember, Timothy is the young man that was going to take Paul's place. And Paul was writing to this young man because he knows that, he knows that Timothy is not at all like him personality-wise. There probably could have been two more different men, Paul and Timothy. And yet, Paul knew that Timothy had the kind of heart that would be able to carry on this work. So, see, the Lord isn't so concerned. I mean, he made us individuals by giving us different personalities. But he can work with any personality. So when you say, well, you know, type A personality, you know, or, you know, I'm a shy one, it doesn't matter what kind of personality you have. And I think just by positivity shows they couldn't come any different. And yet Paul chose them, not because of his personality, but because of his heart. That's why Paul had to say to Timothy, you know, I know it's going to be easy for you to, you know, you're not going to, you're not as forceful as me. So Paul said, Timothy, um, you, you got to get a little braver. <laughs> you cannot let timidity get a hold of you. You've got to know this so that it will make you strong and courageous and it will move. 
around it would take it so personally and you know there there could be some unkind things and Joshua 1-9, where 
14, he says, Timothy, I want you to keep reminding them of these things. In other words, Timothy, I want you to keep going over and over. Sometimes, you know, some of the principles or the promises of God, you think, oh, you know, or something like even tonight when I said, what's the fundamental? Yes, Jesus loves me. And I, I'm, I'm looking at you, you know, not a one of them that you like the reward or anything, but, but yet sometimes it's tempting when you have some good church women here that you start that you say, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know the Bible tells me so. Like, come on, you think I'm five? Well, sometimes you just Especially when it's the fundamental that you build on. I want to keep knowing that more. Because that you can't get to know that enough. The depth of that love. Because again, the Psalms say, you know, again, how, how much he loves. How Paul talks about the depth, the width, the, I mean, you, there's no dimension. That song that says, um, His love has no measure. So Paul says to Timothy, keep reminding them of these things. And then and the next sentence, warn them before God gets quarreling about words. Oh, boy, do people like to do that. Boy, do people like to take even scriptures oral about it and, and or sometimes I find that the crappiest the most critical people are sitting there in the church that have the label Christian and yet they can be the crappiest and the most critical and the most negative the most hurtful and so Paul says believe me I know and so warn them that Warn them before God gets quarreling about words. It is of no value. It not only ruins those who listen. So be careful about your conversation. Be careful about the tone, the, the negativity, the critical spirit. The, he says, no, be careful about those quarreling words because that can really be hurtful. That can throw somebody off. That can only ruin You know, and you know the example. I mean, you can you can sit in church and you can listen to this, and then before you're even out the door, you're bad mouthing this or that or the next thing. It's warned them. Be careful because that kind of conversation, that kind of neg negativity, that does serious damage. So it's just keep warning them about that kind of tone and attitude and gossip and. And then he goes on and he says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, 
words can do and, and just teach yourself and teach others that you start your day every day saying, you know what, I, I'm going to do my best to make sure that my life is approved by you, Lord. And how can that, how can that happen when you're, when you're run by him? Remember we did Proverbs last year, those little two-liners? Remember how we said over and over how God didn't make it complicated, he didn't give us 50 choices, he only gave us two. You either do it his way or your own way. This is what happens when you do it his way, and this is what it looks like when you do it. And you think you're smart. I mean, it was just such a either or. It isn't complicated. So if you make a conscientious choice to say, under the power of God's spirit, I choose to let him rule from this day. I'm going to do the best that I can so that you, that you, I put a smile on your face instead of disapproval. Because we're doing one or the other. And then what he says, Paul's missionary journeys, he 
you go back to some of the, the hardest cities that treated them the worst. How he, he said, how I endured. Yet, yet, the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So, you know, Jesus never pulled the wool over our eyes. What did Jesus say? In this world, you will have trouble. Paul said to Timothy, it's not going to be easy out there. I'm not going to be the kind of Bible study leader that says, oh, you just open your Bible and this is going to be wonderful and everything will just turn out just fine for you. No, I'm not going to say anything like that. Because that's not the way it goes. Because you know what? What happens when life does go just the way we want for too long? You know, we talk about this, and again, it bears repeating, because we so want to be happy and comfortable and everything smooth, and we don't want any sufferings, and we don't want any trouble, and we don't want any problems in our lives, and boy, do we ever love it when everything is just going to heal the way we want it. What happens to you and I if it goes on too long? Who do you start trusting? Your own so he knows. What happened to the what happened to the early church when it was persecuted? What happened to that church? I mean, you would have loved the thought, man, the church is just starting, just getting a hold, and now look at it. They're having to, they're having, they're having to flee. How a terrible thing. No. What what happened? When they that's right. They had to flee and they went out and then because they were so in love with Jesus and they changed their life so much before they knew it, guess they were telling them it spread. See, when are we going to believe that God does know what he's doing and how he's going to work in our lives because he's, he's up to something. And Paul, that which strength St. Timothy, I just want you to be aware of these things while evil men and pastors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. This is, this is the world we live in, and we're seeing it. It's getting worse and worse. But they don't think, don't say you haven't been warned. All of this. But as for you, continue. Now, when he says, but as for you, of course we know he's talking to Timothy. But because the Bible is personal, how do you want to read that? But as but it's far as you, Diane, as far as far as this goes, Sherry, I want you I want you to be very well aware of in fact everyone wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil men and pastors will go from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived but as you. Yes, it is tough. And we every time we turn on the news, it just just look hopeless. But what does he say to you? But as for you, continue in what you have to learn. Oh, what have you learned? What do you know? See, that's why we want to know him better, because the more we know about him, 
the more we're going to be able to have have that that ammunition to come back and, and be confident that we don't fall into the trap of, of devastation. No, we're strong and courageous because he's there and he's my refuge and strength. So that's why it says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Oh, I like that. That you, the more you know something, what, what's the word he says? The more, the more you know, the more what? The more you know, the more what it starts with the seed. The more convinced you are. The more convinced you are. Because you know you know those from whom you learned it. And now from infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures. He says that. And remember, who did he attribute? Oh, Timothy, it is so good that from infancy you learned this because you had what? What did Timothy have? A good mother and a good grandmother. So Paul, without even saying it again, he is pretty much saying it again. Without saying their names, he's pretty much saying, oh, Timothy, you have learned this. You've learned from the, from the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Just like what I said, these scriptures are what help you see yourself, your need for a Savior, and then they are on that very second of your salvation. You are then indwelt with his Holy Spirit. So now when you turn away from that cross and start going back into life, he is saying, I've got you. My Holy Spirit will lead and God through the power of my words and the Holy Spirit. We've had every tool necessary. The problem is, is a lot of Christians that haven't learned how to use
get to know him better. And I think I gave you enough proof to show you why and what there is just so much to know about. And the more I know, the more I'll trust him, the more I'm going to start looking like him, the more I'm going to start acting like him. It's just so worth the more I know. I think I gave you enough proof. But I, I've got to end with saying the same and asking the same question that Jesus said, do you want this? Do you want to know? Do you want to hear the words that God's speaking to you? Because some of them are rebuking, some of them are correcting, some of them are challenging, some are full of love. Some, I mean, it's for every area of your life. You're going to need decisions to be made in the course of this year. This book's got it. You're going to have questions. You're going to, if there's, oh, life is going to happen to you this year. And I'm so convinced this book has got the answer. But you've got to commit to it. You've got to want it bad. Yep, the excuses can be there, but an excuse is really dumb if you don't want to do it. Come Thursday night, you know how it can be. Do you want it? Is Jesus there? Do you let him ask, do you really want to be there? Because what he meant to that. What he meant to that end was, I can, I can heal you. I can change you, but you will never be the same. And guess what? You won't be able to have all these excuses. So that's the question. Do you really want to be healed? Do you really want to hear him talking to you? Do you really want to know him better? It's going to change you. And it's going to give you everything that you need to know, but you will not be the same. You just can't. So it's a question that I think every one of us is getting. When he heals, oh my goodness, oh does he heal. And his healing is so far beyond physical. Healing is when you get to the point in your life where you just surrender and you let him be God in your life. That is our call. Because you're never the same. God, thank you so much for this. Oh, I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling that you are really, really going to speak love this year. You, and by the words of Jesus himself, it's like we're going to hear Jesus in a, in a human form. Just take a look at us and show us. And say, we don't need excuses. We've got an inner power within us. Father, may we want to hear. May we want to be changed. May we want to be transformed. Maybe we want to be Christ-like. It's not easy. It's going to take time and work and effort and commitment. But Father, still to think at the end of the day, you won't be ashamed of us. Father, may that, may, may, may we want to know you enough. May we want to get to know some of these things about you that, that yes, we're going to stand in front of you someday. That yes, sin is 